Welcome to Factor Magri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and producers, industry and policy makers to hear their stories and expert opinions on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. Now this week, I'm talking with Josh Brown from the Huronui District Landcare Group to hear about the work they are doing on improving water quality in North Canterbury. Let's check in with Josh now. Hello, Josh. Thank you for your time today. Yeah, thanks, Angus. Please can you tell me about the work that you do with the Huronui District Landcare Group? Yeah, um, I've been involved with the Huronui District Landcare Group, uh, must be going back about five years now. Um, I started in March 2017, and at the time I came on as their coordinator, just a couple of days a week. Um, and now more recently, I'm uh, working as their project manager, um, managing a couple of the projects. I still do some of their coordination work, um, but now I'm a part of a team of five, which is a bit more fun, to be honest. Yeah. So how did the group come about? Oh, it goes back to 2013. Um, in 2013, there was the notification of the Huronui Regional Plan by Environment Canterbury. And some may remember um, back at the time, there was a newspaper article about 300 farmers showing up to the Waikari Hall um, protesting what was really a, an unfair and, and um, inequality plan for particularly for dry land sheep and beef farms mm. um, where they weren't given the flexibility for even year-to-year stock fluctu- fluctuations mm. uh, while high emitting farms were given that room to intensify and out of that what one thing that was identified was that sheep and beef farmers didn't feel they were being represented mm. uh, so in the in the coming months after that there was a nutrient working group formed um, and then in 2000, and, uh, must have been 2016, the Huronui District Lanky Group um, amalgamated a few catchment gr- a sub-catchment groups together and became the entity it is today. And, and we're fortunate to have some really uh, keen farmers um, that have a lot of good connections uh, stand up and, and say, no, look, they'll uh, be on the committee and um, take up the role of chair. And I suppose I'd... I'd need to uh, acknowledge Ben Ensor as a, a key driver. He's um, the group's chairman and has taken the group from uh, 2016 to where we are today. Mm. How many farmers are part of the group currently? We've currently got uh, 230 farm businesses, okay. which probably means we've got close to, to about 300 farmers mm. supported by the Hurunui District Lunke Group. Uh, we're on track by um, to have 300 farm businesses uh, by the middle of next year, which will be, I think we'll probably have closer to 400 farmers supported by then. That's quite a good uh, representation. Um, I understand the HDLG has two large projects on the go. Can you tell me more about these? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I suppose it's worth me also taking a step back with that. Um, When the group formed... uh, uh, seven or so or more years ago, uh, the group was really about looking at um, advocating for our farmers, um, particularly that those that were severely impacted by the plan. Um, and we spent a number of years in the advocacy space and we were successful in persuading Environment Canterbury to have a plan change. But we found it quite a um, demoralising process to be a part of. And um, we also didn't, it didn't give us the time or the resources to properly support our farmers. 
So in mid-2019, uh, our committee guided us to take an undertake, uh, undertake a strategic review and we went to our members and asked them what, where they wanted us to head and the feedback was resounding. They said, no, they want on-the-ground support. And so we built, we used that and, and we've taken that and applied for funding from MPI and Teodorako. And in the middle of last year, we were successful and uh, being funded for what we call the Future Hurinoi Project and our catchment planting project. Okay. And the Future Hurinoi Project is, uh, is probably the one that I get most excited about. Um, it's enabled us to put three catchment farm advisors on the road. Um, they work one-on-one -on -one with our farmers. Their job is to develop practical farm environment plans, nutrient budgets, and they also help do um, greenhouse gas calculations. But I think the piece that we've we've got the most positive feedback on and the piece that's key to us is that they're there to answer our farmers' questions. And, mm. and, and the farm environment plan is a good starting place for most of those discussions. We know there's a lot of... Um, regulation new regulation that our farmers are facing with and it can be quite overwhelming so just being able to talk our farmers through that regulation what might apply to their property what might not and then what it might be some practical steps they can take has been the thing that um it tends to be what we're most appreciated for at this stage anyway Mm. And what are some of the core work streams the group are working through? For example, is there a focus on water quality and biodiversity? Yeah, so, yep, we're definitely focusing on water quality and biodiversity, but it really comes down to whatever our farmers are interested in. And if I go to our future Hiranui project, in addition to the um, farm advisors, we also have the ability to bring in uh, experts where uh, farmers have interest, and that can be either individually or as a group. And you know, from that, we've already got at least five groups of farmers that are, are taking a particular interest in a topic. One of them is a subcatchment group that's looking at water quality and how they might improve it. Another one's a group of farm managers that are, just want to better understand how they can manage their farms. And they also want to understand where, where does this regulation come from? Mm. Um, so it it's really comes down to we're driven by our farmers and where they want to head. Yeah, I sure. Another thing that I've got to add to that as well is that we also have a um, catchment planting project, um, which means that we can enhance biodiversity as well. So we we've got funding to plant 65 hectares of native bush and and 15 and a half hectares of riparian planting. And what about the hill country erosion program here in Canterbury? How's that going? Oh, look, that, that's um, I'm I'm pretty stoked about that program. It's um, it started a couple of years ago. Uh, it's reducing erosion of farms in the Hurunui and Kaikoura districts. Um, I think uh, my understanding is they can subsidise poles, uh, poplar poles and farmland. Mm. Um, they have refreshed their pole nursery, which was getting pretty run down. Uh, they're also funding native bush reversions, um, both with a bit of planting and with subsidising fencing costs. Um, but the thing that I, you know, from, from the Hurunui District Lanky Group's perspective is that if HDLG hadn't been there, then I don't think we would have had that program. Um, prior to uh, a couple of years ago, Environment Canterbury hadn't had anything in this space, whereas a lot of other regional councils had. Um, and so we pushed ECAN a couple of years ago to go ahead and apply for this funding. And we were um, 
also able to be involved in helping them write how the program would be rolled out, which has meant that what we're seeing now is something that we know our farmers are valuing. Fantastic. What is the value for farmers in being involved in catchment groups? Um, look, I think catchment, yeah, catchment groups vary so much around the country, so um, each has their own unique thing that they're offering to their farmers. But at a high level, uh, I think it's about um, giving power back to the farmers to influence how things play out in their particular catchment or sub-catchment. Um, mm. Like, for example, if you're in the, the policy or regulatory space, it's about giving that local voice um, from those farmers who know their land and who have farmed their, their land for decades and then being able to take that to the regional council or even to central government and say, hey, look, no, we know our land best. Um, we, we have some solutions for this catchment. Or it might even be for um, uh, things like, you know, when you're going to target a particular uh, project with planting or if there's an opportunity, it's those farmers coming together and, and they're the ones that can come up with a solution. Yeah, indeed. Now, Josh, how's the general feeling out there amongst your farming members? Oh, I think you'd know, Angus, that most of them are feeling pretty overwhelmed. Um, and it, it really comes down to this wave of uh, regulatory change that our farmers are facing and just generally not knowing where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the beauty of our Future Hiranui project is that we can work one-on-one with our farmers um, to help guide them through some of that. And while we don't know where this regulation is going to land, and that does cause a bit of anxiety, we can at least say, hey, look, this is where we think that things might land, or we can read the tea leaves and start offering some suggestions for what are practical actions they can take. Mm. Um, and I think, I think it's also about encouraging them to, to remember, you know, all the actions that they've already undertaken on their property over the years. Mm. I guess an extension of that, and I believe that our farmers are New Zealand's greatest asset. Um, what do you think the future looks like for our farmers here? That's a big question. I, I don't really know, um, and I don't I, I don't honestly know who does. I, th- I think um, the uncertainty is the is the challenge out there at the moment. Mm. Um, we don't know where some of this regulation is going to land, um, and it does cause anxiety. I think one thing I, I strongly believe in is the catchment group approach and and I think it is something that is here to stay and it's getting an increasing amount of support um, and I think it's also the way forward in terms of dealing with a lot of this uncertainty because it's about farmers helping farmers. Um, it's no one else necessarily telling you how things are going to run. It's about uh, you getting together with your neighbour and saying, and the, the name is around them and saying, hey, look, this is what we're facing. How do we deal with it in our local area? And surely there's no one better to place to be able to deal with these issues than the locals that live there. Thank you very much for your time today, Josh. Yeah, that's all good. Thanks for having me on, Angus. Thank you to Josh for having a yarn today. I have spoken to a number of people over recent months who are involved with various catchment groups and their farmer and community members. They are committed to better water quality outcomes and the Hurunui District Landcare Group is no different. It is farmer-led, it is farmer-driven and they take a proactive and collaborative approach to managing, protecting and enhancing the natural and physical resources both on farm and within North Canterbury's unique catchment communities. The group has three catchment farm advisors whose role is to lift farmers' understanding of the environmental challenges and opportunities for their property and community. 
They provide expert advice which supports farmers through changing environmental regulations and assists farmers to develop farm environment plans for their properties. They also identify opportunities to introduce technical experts who can run topic-specific workshops, for example, integrating forestry into a farming operation. They also support farm clusters to address localised issues and help drive change at the community level. They have the ability to highlight available funding frameworks to support on-farm environmental work. If you're keen to find out more or get involved, head to their website, huranuilandcaregroup.co.nz for more info. Now, I can't finish off today without a comment around the Three Waters reforms. I have on many occasions talked about the various policy changes that hit our farmers and rural communities hard. And although I am all for better environmental outcomes, I don't believe this government has a practical bone in it at all, especially when it comes to the primary industry. We have seen unworkable policy around freshwater and winter grazing, SNAs, slope rules, high country tenure review, and now the government wants control of drinking water, wastewater and stormwater essentially removing democratically elected councils and hand control to four regional water entities. Under the current proposal, and as one example, water assets would merge into an entity from Gisborne to Blenheim. Where is the benefit in this? And how are water treatment plants in those towns supposed to work across Cook Strait? This not only is in my view ridiculous, but it also erodes local control rather than enhance it. I would argue that local elected councils are better equipped to manage water than central government. This water services bill will expose thousands and thousands of rural water schemes to disproportionate bureaucracy. It will add layers of complexity for a farmer to continue supplying water between a dairy shed, a farmhouse and staff accommodation as one example. It is ludicrous. Furthermore, it will add compliance costs and administrative tasks for our farmers on top of what is already a building pile on the desk. If you feel this is getting out of hand, get in touch with your council and have your say. With all these changes, you have to wonder what policymakers actually know about the communities they are impacting. Very little, it would seem. Perhaps the delegation planning to go to Glasgow should zoom in instead of flying to a COVID hotspot. And perhaps they should put on a pair of gumboots and connect with our rural communities. That's all from me this week. Thank you for listening, and catch you next time on Factor Magri.